Welcome back to the Sideline Science Sports Podcast. I'm your host, Ben Wulgos. I'm here today with Anthony Noble. Um, we don't have a long show for you here. We're just going to be talking a little bit about Leonard Fournette. He has recently signed with the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. It's pretty big news. Um, and we're going to break it all down, tell you what it means for fantasy, since this week is a big draft week. We just want to make sure to pump this out right away. I know I have four or five drafts this weekend. I have another one on Monday. So this is obviously the biggest weekend of the year for fantasy football in terms of just drafting your teams. Um, so we want to make sure we get this out as soon as possible. Uh, Anthony, how are you doing today, first of all? Uh, doing good. Just some pretty surprising news with uh, Fournette. I, we talked about in the last pod, I wasn't calling the Bucks at all. I, or I, I, had a, I had a feeling like I could see it a little bit, but they were kind of a dark horse to snag them. Yeah, definitely. I, I really thought that it was going to go somewhere else. Um, but, I mean, it, it makes sense on paper. It definitely makes sense. Uh, it's not a lot of money. They were able to get him under the cap. Brady, Tom Brady now, I mean, this is definitely the most talented team I think he's ever been on. Even when the defenses in New England were great, I still think this team is probably more talented than anyone he's ever played with. I mean, this offense is pretty ridiculous at this point in terms of the talent around him. And so I'm I'm really excited for this year for Tom Brady. First of all, you know, before we get into Leonard Fournette, I think I don't think this changes a ton for Tom Brady, but I think it it really makes me believe that even more so that Tom Brady is going to have an insane season. Um, I'm definitely going to be drafting a few more shares. I don't think his ADP is going to rise very much this weekend, but I think I'm definitely going to uh, focus in on taking Tom Brady a little more than I was going to, just because I think with Fournette. Um, teams aren't going to be able to play a lot of um, dime defense with uh, a lot of DBs on the field. I think that if they do that, then they're just going to run downhill with Ronald Jones and Leonard Fournette, and there's not going to be a lot that defenses can do to stop it. So I think they will have to play a pretty base defense, which I think could be great for Brady. And I think that all as well, that with the addition of Fournette, any concerns maybe about that offensive line, even though it's pretty good, I think that even um, will help out even more because there's a lot. I think that they'll be running more than they would have been with just Ronald Jones and Keyshawn Vaughn now that they have Leonard Fournette added to that backfield. So just before we get into the impact of Leonard Fournette, Anthony, what do you think about Tom Brady? Do you think he's upgraded at all this year with the addition of Fournette? Yeah, he, I mean, like you said, this is the best team he's ever been on, even back in the day with, like, Randy Moss and Wes Walker. This is just from top to bottom, even on defense. I mean, you got everyone could argue that Bucks defense, I was kind of arguing. They're, I don't think they're – I think they're pretty good, but you could say they're not that good. Their secondary is pretty rough and all of that. But you look at that front seven with Devin White, Levante David, uh, JPP, uh, uh, Sue, Shaq Barrett. Yeah. Shaq Barrett, who just came off a monster season. And then, um, that one guy from Washington, they drafted. Oh yeah. Uh, uh, Vita, Vita Vea. Yeah. Vita Vea. Vita Vea. Yeah. I mean, they were the best run deist, um, last year and on defense, they just held opponents under a hundred yards. I think it was like 70 yards a game rushing on the ground, which is huge. And I think that front front seven is going to make up for uh, that secondary being kind of trash, but I think with with the Bucks, the interesting thing with those young guys on 
in the secondary, all it takes is like two of those guys to step up, and they're just going to be an unstoppable team. Uh, I have no worries on offense. I think Brady's going to run that team very well. You have the thing about Brady with that team is he his play style is kind of just like running the ball, driving down the field. But you could the play style you can have with that team can vary. You could if you want to air it out, you can. You got Mike Evans and you got Chris Godwin. But if you want to keep stuff short, you got Gronk still, you got OJ Howard, you got Chris Godwin, Scotty Miller, he's probably going to be in action. I bet Brady already loves that guy. Um, you just got all the you, you could just play how you want. And then if he wants to dump it out of the blood out of the backfield, he's got um, Ronald Jones, uh, Darwy, don't know how to say his Kumba last Wally. name. Yeah. And then Fournette now who's going to who was involved in the past game last year. Um Interesting thing about Fournette is some rumors that why or where he wanted to go depended on uh, his play style. He just wanted to run the ball mostly, but I just don't see that happening on the Bucks. I think they're gonna m- try to make him the primary uh, ball carrier and the primary pass catcher out of the backfield. I just don't see him uh, not starting. It's gonna take a little bit. I think Jones is gonna start off. I'm. I sent you that thing today. Makes sense. Uh, Fournette has fucking no clue what the offense is. So Jones has a better feel for it, and I think he'll start. But now with Fournette and Jones, I think it, that's that's the only backfield they're going to run with. I, I don't – maybe Keyshawn Vaughn gets a little t- – some touches. Uh, I doubt McCoy even makes the team. And who else we got? Darwy, he, he's going to – he'll be involved in the pass. But I, I think most of the early down – uh, goal line stuff is Ronald Jones and Fournette. Yeah, so in terms of Fournette, um, I right when the news came out, I really didn't have a take right away. I didn't really know how I wanted to view it. And I think what I've settled on is I, I think that Fournette is going to be getting about 16 to 18 touches per game, at least for the first eight, nine weeks. I don't see him getting much more than that. Perhaps on the playoff stretch, we could see him upgrade to like a full bell cow role. But as of right now, I just really don't see that happening. Because of that, I moved Leonard Fournette. He was at 22 back when he was with Jacksonville in my rankings. I've moved him all the way up to 16. Um, I still have him behind Austin Eckler, James Conner. But I did move him above Jonathan Taylor and above Melvin Gordon. So... I think what's going to happen here with Fournette is I honestly think that this is going to be very similar to like what LeGarrette Blunt used to do in New England. I think Fournette is going to have all of the goal line work, all of it. I don't think that Ronald Jones is going to get much, if any, goal line touches. I think it's all going to be Fournette. I think Fournette's going to have 12 touchdowns this year at least. I, I could see even upwards to 14. I really could. Brady's offense is so good at getting down the field, and then they get in the goal line and he runs the ball. Now, it's not going to be the exact same offense that he had in New England, but it's going to be a a marriage between what Brady likes to run and what Arians likes to run, and they're going to be together. And I think that in one area that I think Arians is going to let Brady do his thing is definitely down in the red zone. So I think that we're going to look at a high touchdown but low yardage year for Fournette, which is a complete... Um, 180 from last year. You know, last year he had a 1600 yard season, only had three rushing touchdowns. I think this year we're going to see about 850 rushing yards, maybe 12 touchdowns. 
I don't think he'll have as much receiving work. I still think that's going to be a lot of Daria Gumbawale. And I think that Ronald Jones is still going to get a, a few, you know, touches in the passing game. So I moved Fournette from 22 to 16. Um, and, and it is just, it's interesting to me. Um, it's a very interesting, uh, case study here because this hasn't happened in a long time. We haven't seen a running back get traded to one of the top, you know, contenders this late in the season. So I'm not exactly sure how, uh, quick or what the adjustment period is going to be for Fournette in Tampa Bay. But I think for the first few weeks, if you drafted Ronald Jones, I know I had a few shares of Ronald Jones. I liked him uh, before this news. I think you're okay for the first couple weeks. Um, I would still start Ronald Jones week one. I don't think Fournette's going to know the offense. I think he'll have some very basic running plays, just some really basic stuff. And then I think once they get him acclimated, maybe week four, week five, we're going to see Fournette get into that 16-touch-a-game range. Um, so that's what I'm thinking. I am not out on Fournette. However, we've, me and Anthony have talked about this many times. Um, Fournette's now kind of in the graveyard in terms of drafting running backs. He's now going, he's now, I, in my opinion, he's going to go around the fourth round. I'm not really looking to take a running back there because I like to go RB heavy early. So I don't think that he's the worst pick, but I think, I, I I think that my best move is to let someone else take the gamble on Fournette and I'm going to be, you know, sitting pretty with something like, you know, Saquon Barkley and Miles Sanders or Dalvin Cook and Kenyon Drake. I think that's a lot better of a duo than trying to count on Fournette to get touches when it's not going to be, you know, normally for running backs, you're hoping for production. For Fournette, the production is going to be there. It's really just going to be the snap share and the touches. Yeah, I like that LeGarrette Blount. Um, the, um, comparison. Yeah, I froze up here. That makes sense. Um, I don't see him being all three down back. It's especially with the running back room he joined. I just, what I'm thinking too. It's it's reminding me of Latavius Murray, 2016, when he was on the Raiders, 195 carries, 788 yards with 12 touchdowns. It's about what we're probably gonna see with Fournette. I don't. I think the worst case scenario is what he did in signing with the Bucks. I, I mean, it's I get his business, whatever you want to join a good team, especially him always being on the Jags, uh, only going to the playoffs once, and I, I could see why he made the move, why the Bucks made that move. I I just think it was just like a really bad spot for him to go, though. I just it's I'd a good be, place for him to rebuild his value. I yeah think. yeah. A, definitely a good like one year one year stint. I just it's tough though when you're a good running back and joining a running back room that's already pretty it's it's solid enough where it's gonna win you football games and there's guys that are have been there and th- and that's another thing I think with those young guys like Ronald Jones, Darwy, and uh, Keyshawn Vaughn, those younger guys kind of have a grit to them, like a prove it grit. Like they got this like prove it attitude. They're gonna be like some dogs. Like, and Fournette, I I'm not bashing on the guy or anything, but I think he's gonna go in there and think that's his job and he's winning it. And he, he might he might show up and he might not bust his ass while you got guys like Ronald Jones and Keyshawn Vaughn going all out in practice and in the season. So we'll have to see. I'm not. I think draft him somewhere in the fourth is kind of overvaluing him. I, uh, I'm in some drafts. I see him in like the fifth or sixth, 
uh, even in like the seven sometimes he'd fall but uh it's just i don't know i i think i think the bucks were probably almost falling that like worst case scenario um category for fantasy value at least yeah, I would definitely agree with that. I think there's a lot of other places he could have gone that would make this a lot more black and white, a lot easier to understand or, you know, to analyze. I think one thing I do want to bring up is that if you have Ronald Jones, don't panic yet. That's one of the biggest things. I like I took Ronald Jones in the fifth round twice so far already this year, and I'm I'm not too upset yet. I'm not gonna you know, I'm not going to go drop him. I'm not going to go trade him for like Philip Lindsay, like I see people doing. Um, I would not panic right now. Here, here's why. First of all, like what Anthony brought up, Fournette's definitely going in there just thinking he's the guy. And what we've never really seen from Ronald Jones is him actually have any real competition. Like he had Pete and Barber his rookie year, but. I I think it could, you know, Ronald Jones could start showing up really well. He, you know, he has a huge chip on his shoulder now because he was told all summer he's the lead running back, he's the starting guy, and now they bring in a guy like Leonard Fournette, you know, a former All-Pro. So I think what's interesting is that I want to see how Jones will respond. I also think that I don't know, I mean, I don't know them personally, obviously. I don't really know anything about their personalities, but I, I would be shocked if Jones and Fournette got along very well. There's already kind of a shot fired. Uh, Leonard Fournette posted an edit of him in a Buccaneers uniform. He was wearing number 27. That's been Ronald Jones' number now for the three years. And, you know, it's kind of bold to have, you know, the guy who you're trying to take his job have his number on your jersey in an edit, you know, when you haven't even stepped foot in the building yet. So, I really want to see how Ronald Jones responds here. And I, I think week one, I could see him having a huge game. Uh, it's possible he'll just roll over and die. I don't think he will, though. You know, this is a former high second-round pick. He was a stud at USC. You know, he he isn't as bad as a lot of people make him sound. He wasn't some, like, UDFA. He has a lot of talent. And one other thing I want to mention is that Leonard Fournette, last year was like the only year he's ever been healthy all the way going back to high school. He got hurt at LSU several times. He was hurt his rookie year in the NFL, and he was hurt his second year as well. So I think that one thing we need to look for is that Ronald Jones might have some handcuff value, as as much as I hate to say it, if, if he does kind of just roll over and die. I think that then he will have some really solid value as a handcuff to Leonard Fournette just because Fournette is going to miss some games. I Again, I would be shocked if he played all 16 again. I was shocked last year he played all 16. So I think that Ronald Jones, I will t- like I would I am hanging on to him. I am not dropping him. I am not trading him for you know uh, pennies on the dollar. So I think don't overreact to Ronald Jones. If you had Keyshawn Vaughn from really early in the season, you know, summer drafts, I would drop him. I, I think Keyshawn Vaughn, is, his value, I would say, is pretty much done. Um, if you play Dynasty, Raymond Calais, I would say his value is pretty much done. Uh, Ke- LaShawn McCoy, don't even draft him. I think he'll be cut in the next couple days. Daria Goombawale, I still think he's going to have some receiving upside. Don't forget that in New England, Tom Brady has always run like three running backs. They've always had that. And I think that Agumba Wally is going to be like James White. 
So don't overreact on either Jones or Agumbawale just yet. And then also don't overreact to Leonard Fournette and take him early in the third round, second round. Like don't jump the gun on that. Just because he's going to play with Tom Brady doesn't mean that he's going to have ridiculous fantasy numbers. So I think even though this is a huge move and with a lot of fantasy implications, the best advice is just not to overreact in any way. That being said, like I said before, I did move Fournette up to 16 in my rankings. And I moved Ronald Jones down from 27. I moved him down to 36. So he's going, he's right now, I have him in between uh, Cam Akers and Duke Johnson. So right in that range is where I like Ronald Jones uh, going forward in drafts. But I think if I was drafting tomorrow, which I actually am, I'm not going to be looking to take Ronald Jones. I think I'm going to look for a different higher upside guy. But again, just don't panic either way. You know, whoever you're interested in, don't overreact to the situation. Yeah. Here's the thing with <clears throat> with Ronald Jones. When he was splitting time with Peyton, Peyton Barber last year, and when he was being the backup and some games he'd start and some games he didn't, he still put up six touchdowns and uh, 724 yards, almost a thousand. Or he put up a thousand total, actually, and that's a nine-game starter. That's that's pretty damn good, especially when you're featured. I mean, you're probably frustrated too. And I mean that bringing in Fournette, a guy that probably thinks he's already starting, a guy who was drafted number four overall a couple years ago. I mean, when you bring in a guy like that and you're that was supposed to be your role. That that's really puts lights a fire under your ass. I mean, yeah, I mean it's a complete slap in the face to Jones. Yeah. Let's be honest. And Arians hasn't said anything uh, bad about Jones. I mean, no. he's he's raving good about him in camp, saying he's having a good camp. Um, but he he's kind of been two sided, Arians. I mean, he said um, Fournette will fit right in, and then he's also saying that uh, Ronald Jones is going to be the starter, and Jones will. Uh, We'll be getting the the touches early on. So honestly, what it comes down to is Jones's first like two three game or yeah first two three games. If he snaps off, they're gonna ride the hot hand. I don't see Arians just putting in Fournette and saying, "Here, you're gonna get twenty carries a game." He's gonna keep Jones in. He did it last year. If Jones was off, Peyton Barber going. If Peyton Barber was off. Jones going. I mean, it, it, it's that's how it's gonna be. Nothing's gonna change. And I don't really see anything else other than that. And with the Tampa situation, I, I have, I've been high on Jones as well. I have him in one of my leagues. I draft him about 30 spots ahead of his ADP. I, I really think he's going to be, have a great season, especially under Brady. And I think he'll vulture some of uh, Fournette's looks, especially in the red zone. Yeah, I mean, I, I don't know. I think the red zone, I, I think it's really going to be Fournette's area just because I think he's a more complete runner downhill. But I think, you know, you hit the nail on the head by saying that it really does depend on the first couple weeks. I Again, I am 100% starting Ronald Jones week one. I think it's going to be a huge game for him. I think he has a lot to prove. And frankly, if he goes out there and has, you know, a pretty shitty performance and, you know, he has three yards a carry or so, or, you know, two and a half yards per carry, um, he probably won't get more than eight touches for the rest of the year in a game. You know what I mean? So it's definitely like put up or shut up time for him. 
And, and so I think it'll be really interesting to see just how he responds, you know. So I'm excited for that. I, I mean, this is such a crazy, like, turn of events. Like, a former fourth overall pick in his fourth season getting completely just released. No one even being willing to trade a sixth to seventh round pick for him is pretty crazy. So it's definitely uncharted waters. I think really just what we can expect is I don't think Fournette is going to have a big role at all this season. Well, yeah, well, he'll have a big role, but he's not going to have a bell cow role. I really expect 16 to 19 touches a game, 19 on the really high end. Um, so I think what we're looking at is just a, a messy situation, and I am probably just going to mainly stay away from it in my drafts. I'm not really going to look to draft either of these guys. I I like to stay away from the messy stuff in the messy situations. Um, but I don't think there's really much other training camp news. Uh, I I mean, the Bears are going to announce who's starting pretty soon. Um, I know I saw the Miami Dolphins are shopping around Josh Rosen again. Um, I did hear that Jalen Rager is probably only going to miss week one. He'll be back ready to go for week two, which is great. And I am definitely going to be taking a huge discount on him this weekend in my drafts. I think a lot of people are just going to let him go pretty much undrafted just because of a shoulder injury. But he, he's going to be back probably week two. So I'm still in on him. Carson Wentz is fine as well. Um, I haven't. Have you seen anything else, Anthony, you want to mention going around training camp? No, I mean, DeAndre Swift's back in practice, stuff like that. I mean, there's nothing really crazy. One thing I got to say about Fournette is I think he's going to have a very inconsistent year. Uh, he did it on Jacksonville a couple couple time, a couple years in fantasy. He'll have games where he's going crazy. He'll have like 20, drop a 20-plus, and then the next he'll have like six points. And I don't see that changing uh, with the Bucks, especially um, with that running back room. I mean, he was a bell cow in Jacksonville and would have games where he would just drop like six points. And I'm not saying he's a horrible player. He's gonna be horrible for uh, fantasy, but I just, like you said, I don't like I don't like messy situations. Either. I don't like I want if I want to draft a player, I want to make sure they're gonna have a, a good role and it's not something up in up in the in the air. Yeah, for sure. So I think that's all we've got for you today. There wasn't a ton of uh, stuff going on. Good got a little cause... bit about Jacksonville. Yeah, a little bit. Mm-hmm. We could talk about that. Maybe for like five minutes, I got some stuff up. Yeah, go for it. That, I mean, you sent it to me about the. Uh, we thought it was going to be Armstead and Chris Thompson. I don't. I still think it's probably going to be them, but a couple guys coming out of camp: Divine Ozigbo, three-year starter from Nebraska. Yeah, senior year he had about twelve hundred scrimmage yards, uh, scrimmage yards and twelve touchdowns, and then James Robinson undrafted. He set the, I think he was like second on all-time list for Illinois State. This guy had, let's see what it says here, 15 touchdowns this senior season with uh, almost 1,400 total scrimmage yards. So I guess those two guys are really opening eyes for the starting row. I guess it's not getting handed to like Raquel Armstead and uh, Chris Thompson like we thought. I still think Chris Thompson will get that third down role, uh, just a change of pace type of role. Um, especially with Jay Gruden be the OC, that connection over there. Um, so I guess that's interesting, especially a lot of people. I waiver The waiver wire is going hot for Armstead right now. I've been checking on Yahoo. A lot of people are picking him up. So 
I would just uh, kind of pump the brakes, see who they bring out week one and what they do. Yeah, I mean, I think I've been high on Armstead for a while. I think that I, I – so I saw the tweet as well that I sent to you um, that talked about how um, Doug Marone had said that he wanted um, Ozigbo and Robinson as three down backs. I think – I think it does need a little bit of interpretation. I think the point was more that Armstead isn't going to play on third down because he's not a great receiver, and that Thompson isn't going to play on first and second down because he's not a great runner. So I think that's more where he was going with it. I would be really shocked if Ozigbo is just um, a three-down back over Armstead and Thompson. So I'm still in on Armstead. Uh, I'm still iffy on Thompson. I'll still take a couple shares. Why not? Um, but I think that Ozigbo is really just a deep waiver guy to keep an eye on, but I do want to mention, even though, you know, if, if it's not going to be a bell cow role there in Jacksonville, if none of the guys are going to have it, it's not going to be super fantasy relevant, unfortunately, really when a team's that bad, as bad as Jacksonville is going to be this year. And as much as they're going to struggle to score when it's not on the back of Minshew and shark, um, I I have huge doubts that a running back will have a ton of value uh, unless it's a bell cow guy that's getting every single touch. And it doesn't sound like that's what they're going to be doing there with uh, Armstead, Thompson, Zigbo, or Robinson. So that might be a situation I'm going to stay away from a little bit. I had, do have several shares of Armstead. I was taking him a lot over the summer. So I'm still happy about that because I think he is going to have the day one starter's job. But we'll see how it progresses through the season. That'll be something we'll definitely address on our waiver wire pods. Um, so since this might be one of our last podcasts before the actual season starts, we'll probably come back next week with at least one or two. But um, I just want to bring up, so what we're thinking about for the season is that on Monday we'll be doing a recap show where we'll just go through each game, any big fantasy performances or comments that we want to talk about. And then on Tuesday, we'll be doing a waiver wire pod. So we'll give you all of the possible guys you should add in the waivers, the really interesting guys, maybe guys you should drop. And we'll also be going over some of the best targets for the next week. Um, so we'll be doing that. And then, Anthony, do you have anything you want to add? Yeah, we we might be I, – I bet when we mix that in, uh, like a stardom, sit-em type of thing. Because, uh, I mean, we're not – we're not going to tell you who to play, but we're going to, we, we kind of have a good niche, uh, who's in a, who has favorable matchups, especially with the system and everything. We can see who they're playing, strength of schedule, uh, how the secondary they're playing, the defense they're playing. So we, we might throw that somewhere in there. I think that'd be a good idea. But other than that, um, this episode was going to be short, especially with the format. I was not crazy topic to talk about. Wouldn't be something going over an hour. Um, but I'm pretty excited for football to finally be back, especially with like COVID and everything. It's just good to have sports back, especially I've been watching basketball a lot. It's good. Um, so it'll, it'll be fun, especially with fantasy. It'll be an interesting year, uh, especially with no fans. I think football is just going to be very different, but it's just good to be back. Uh, football, it's good that football is going to be back. Yeah, for sure. I mean, we definitely agree on that. Um, I'm just glad football is back, honestly, and it's it's happening. I was a little nervous there for a while that you know things weren't going to get done, but it's gotten done, and th- I'm happy about it. I think they're having probably the best, like, it, it, I guess, in terms of bubble, because since uh, 
like because one of their protocols with training is like the first four days were dedicated to testing and like a lot of not a lot of guys but that's where guys were showing up positive and stuff but after that after they got off the covid reserve list you haven't heard of like a lot of guys going on there there's something Schefter tweeted they've out of like 20,000 tests or something have had zero positives it's like they're shattering the records I remember the NBA had some scares and NHL was doing pretty good. MLB had some scares. And so, so far they're doing good. I don't see it changing um, in the regular season. The only time I'd see, if I was to see the NFL change with the COVID protocol and everything, it would be if um, if they're getting a lot of positives during training camp. That's the only reason I'd see the season shutting down. Other than that, I think they're going to do the full, full schedule this year and no hiccups. I mean, they're going to follow protocols if guys test positive, but. Um, I don't see them mid-season just calling it a, a break or anything. I think they're going to go the full full season, so it's going to be fun to watch. And I think they're going to get fans back, I'm hearing. I know they're doing it week one, Texans, Chiefs. I think a lot of teams are going to follow. I know the Dolphins are already upgrading their ventila- uh, ventilation to like hospital grade. I think you're going to see a lot of teams follow suit, uh, just you know the guidelines and everything. So I think that will be fun because fans really make up make up that game. Yeah, for sure. So, um, so we'll be back either next week or um, we'll we'll probably be back before week one, before next Thursday, which is opening day, a week from today, actually, which is pretty crazy to think about. But to every all of our listeners, good luck this weekend on your drafts. Make sure to utilize you know everything uh, that we've put out. We have a lot of information, sixty five pages up on our website, www.silentscience.org. 65 page draft guide everything you could possibly need to know about any player is in there uh literally anything i could think about that i've ever used i put in that draft kit so i hope you're using that to help you out make sure to check out our rankings i update them uh, every couple of days when there's ever any news that would shift them i update them right away so if anything comes out you know before like saturday if you're drafting then um if anything comes out tomorrow i'll make sure to update them tomorrow for you guys so yeah check that out good luck in your drafts and uh we'll be seeing you guys next week all right see you